Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. May the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we continue to meet the man, our scripture today is taken from Peter's first letter, chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. It's in the Pew Bible on page 1224. 1 Peter, chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts Be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Join with me, if you would like to do so. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. So go the lyrics of a 19... 39 song. Now, while that may be true in the animal world, there is a lion that never sleeps. A lion who has been prowling the face of the earth since the beginning of time, looking for souls to devour. Not an animal with four legs, but Satan, the devil. The one whom the Bible calls the great accuser, the great deceiver. And his one and only aim, his one and only purpose in his existence is to drag as many people to hell with him as he can. I wonder if Peter, the author of our text this morning, were putting those lyrics of that 1939 song together, if they might go like this. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion scowls tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion snarls tonight. Since the devil is out to get us, since he spends every moment prowling the face of the earth looking for souls to devour, how vital it is that we understand what it is that makes us lion alert and not lion desert. Today we meet the man who defied demons for us, and from Peter 
we learn that there are three things that will keep us lion alert, namely humility, self-control, and a reliance on God's grace. Peter actually begins his lion-taming advice in the verse that precedes our text. There he writes, "'Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble.'" Then in our text he writes, "'Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time." So is Peter saying that humbling ourselves is what makes us lion alert? Is he saying that we should give something up in favor of something else? Absolutely. But it will surprise you what Peter, by God's inspiration, is inspiring us, what he is encouraging us to give up. Namely, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. To humble ourselves before God, therefore, means in part that we surrender to him, that we give over to him all our anxieties, all our cares and concerns. How many of us haven't memorized from the time we were knee-high to a grasshopper, Jesus' words, call upon me in the day of trouble, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That makes us lion alert because the devil will use the things that fill us with anxiety and fear and worry and dread to get us to second-guess God and to doubt his love and concern for us. One of my aha moments in preparing this sermon was to learn that the word anxiety means diversion. And it's the same word that's used in Jesus' account of Mary and Martha when Martha was distracted by many things. Do you remember the story? Jesus is in the home of Mary and Martha. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening to what he had to say. Well, Martha was in the kitchen. Martha was fussing and worrying about getting this meal ready that it might be set for Jesus. Her cares, her concerns so diverted her, so distracted her from the one thing needful that she's all over the kitchen and she's complaining to Jesus that her sister isn't helping her there. What great delight the devil derives from diverting us, distracting us from the one thing that's needful. For you young people, maybe it's that big exam, that big test that's looming on the horizon. Maybe it's that job prospect that has filled you with so much anxiety or, or the stress over giving up a job that you know so well. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in that you just see going sour. It's not growing. It's not going anywhere. Or maybe it's that dreaded diagnosis of cancer that you've heard from your doctor. Satan will stop at absolutely nothing 
to get us to focus on ourselves and our own ingenuity so that we end up fretting and fussing and becoming easy prey to his diabolical cunning. My friends, don't fall prey to Satan's cunning. Don't become lion dessert. Remember, he's out to get you. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand and rely completely on him. There's no better place for us to take our concerns than to the God who loves us and cares for us and who has promised to work everything for our good. In fact, it's interesting that that word cast in the Greek means to fill a big bag with all of our cares and concerns, our trials and our troubles, and put it on God's back. As Alfred E. Newman of Mad Magazine, and I know I'm dating myself with that, used to say, what? Me? Worry? We don't need to worry. We have a God who loves us more than we will ever know until we get to heaven, a God who promises to take care of us in every situation. That's why Paul could write to the Philippians and say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And some of you are thinking that sounds so easy, but you know what happens. We gather up all of our cares and our concerns and our problems and our troubles and our trials. We pack them into the bag and give it to God, but we don't let go of the bag. We hang on to a corner of the bag and we keep one eye focused on it because is God really going to solve my problems for me? And so instead of letting God carry them and lead us where he wants us to go, we end up trying to lead God and treating him like a stupid pack animal. That's not the way to be lion alert. God says through Peter, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, as we go about casting our cares on our God, it's important that we not get lulled into a false sense of security that the danger of attack has passed. The devil doesn't give up easily. We know that from Scripture. For the entirety of Jesus' ministry, the devil was after him. For 40 days in the wilderness, the devil came at him repeatedly, trying to get him to sin. The devil was and he is relentless. That's why Peter continues, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. To be of sober mind means to be self-controlled, to have a clear head. It means to 
remove from my mind everything that hampers good judgment. A couple of examples. If our mind is littered with lust, we're not going to be prepared to say no to sexual temptations. As Joseph was in the Old Testament when Potiphar's wife repeatedly seduced him to go to bed with her. If our mind is muddled with materialism, we want everything and won't be willing and cheerful in giving our first fruits back to God. If our mind is packed with pride, we're going to look down on people and criticize them and make them look bad so that we, in contrast, look good. If our heart is filled with hypocrisy, ultimately, we're going to find ourselves on the outside of heaven looking in. And the list is endless. We also need to practice self-control by not willingly exposing our weaknesses to Satan. I put on the back of your worship folder a quote from Martin Luther that the devil climbs over the fence where it's the lowest. So if your weakness is lust, get your eyes off your co-worker. Get your attention off somebody else's spouse. If your weakness is greed, don't hang around where there's opportunity to steal money or open somebody's purse or wallet. If your weakness is gossiping, don't hang around with those people whose tongues are always wagging, spreading rumors about others. If your weakness is alcohol, don't tend bar. Don't work in the liquor store. Peter says of the devil, resist him, standing firm in the faith. We stand firm in the faith when we're standing squarely on God's word. It's only then that we can be sure that we're standing outside the devil's chain, still powerful, but on God's leash. As we sing in one of the verses of Luther's great Reformation hymn, and Susan's going to lead us in singing this this morning. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they cannot overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, he can harm us none, he's judged, the deed is done. One little word can fail him. Jesus proved that one little word fells the devil. When Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, and Satan came after him, firing salvo after salvo, Jesus relied on God's word. Every time he said, it is written, 
and with his tail tucked between his legs, the devil had to scurry away. If Jesus, the Son of God, used God's word to battle Satan's temptations, who are we not to, like Jesus, arm yourself with God's word? Be in that word. Study that word. Learn that word. Memorize Bible verses so that like a Western gunslinger, you can whip them out and use them on Satan when he comes prowling around looking to devour your soul. You need only one word from God. It's backed by Jesus. Now, while it is true that humbling ourselves before God and practicing self-control will steel us against the temptations of the devil, we need God's grace to help us, to deliver us from them. Let me give you some examples. All of us know, from what Peter says this morning, that we should cast all of our cares, all of our concerns, all of our anxieties on Jesus. But do we? Do we not more often than not think that we can handle them ourselves? We know from God's Word that we shouldn't put ourselves intentionally into the reach of Satan's chain. But don't we do that? How often don't we put ourselves in harm's way? We arrogantly and foolishly think that we can avoid his temptations. And we're not alone. Even the great apostle Paul had to confess, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But Paul rejoiced, thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, thank God that every time we fail, he picks us up. Thank God that he has given us this promise through Peter and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And when you fall, and you will fall, turn back to Jesus for forgiveness. By refusing to succumb to any of Satan's temptations, Jesus, the man, Put Satan in his place. By defying demons over and again through his ministry, the man, Jesus, defied Satan for you. By going to the cross and taking all of your sins there to pay for them there, Jesus defeated the devil for you. He's the man whose life, suffering, and death undid the devil's work. You know this word of God. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. I've always had the question, how shocked Satan must have been at Jesus' resurrection. I mean, Satan thought he had won, right? Satan thought that he had defeated the Son of God. On Good Friday, the song must have gone through the hallways of hell, ding dong, God's son is dead. What great celebration there must have been Good Friday and Easter, uh, Easter Saturday. 
But what happened on Easter Sunday morning? Jesus, the risen Son of God, appeared on hell's doorstep. And the Son of God rang hell's doorbell. And when Satan opened the door, there he was. The one who was dead on Good Friday to pay for our sins was now very much alive to prove that our sins were forgiven. And I can imagine Jesus standing, looking Satan straight in the eyes with a gleam and with a look of victory on his face and saying, gotcha. And now every time a believer dies and goes to heaven, I think Jesus does the same thing to Satan. Gotcha. Since the devil could not destroy Jesus, Satan's resorted to doing the only thing he can do, and that is come after us. The pinnacle, the crown, the climax of God's creation. Martin Luther once wrote that where God builds a cathedral, Satan builds a chapel. Get ready for the same attacks that Satan made on Jesus. The, the devil doesn't want you to believe that Jesus has forgiven your sins. The devil wants to flash or, or shake your sins in your face and say, how could a just God love you? How could a God who is righteous and holy call you his child? You are an undeserving sinner. Answer him in the one word that will fell him, Jesus. As the Passion Translation of the Bible says, yell aloud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. My friends, Jesus is the man who defied demons and defeated the devil once and for all for you. How true it is that in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion scowls tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion snarls tonight. Stay alert lest you become desert. As you walk through the jungle of life, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Trust that the Lord your God is in control at every turn and in every place. Remain watchful and stand firm in the powerful and mighty word of God. For God promises, and the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.